You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. And are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to be challenged? Are you ready to reset your faith? To go from where you are to where God wants you to be? Amen. Please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the very first time, just make this declaration with us. It's the Word of God. It's our custom here in Household of Christ. We declare the Word of God before we minister the Word of God. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept His sacrifice on the cross and His resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to His Word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the Word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you. Say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. I want to minister this morning on Following the direction of your calling. Following the direction of your calling. Whatever you are busy with today, it's got an impact on your tomorrow. Whatever you are busy with today, it's got an impact on your tomorrow. What God has promised you, the plan that He's got for you, that which you know you have to fulfill in life. The biggest lie that's been told to people is that once you know your purpose, life will be a bed of roses. It's not. For Jesus to have followed the direction of his calling, the purpose, he had to go to the cross. He had to go to the grave. Then he was raised to a new level in life. You have to be a tomorrow thinker. Turn to the person next to you and say, be a tomorrow thinker. Jesus was a tomorrow thinker. In John 14, verse 2, we can see Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. He says, I'm thinking about your future. I've gone to prepare a place for you. Are you living a life getting ready for that place that Jesus has prepared for you? It says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's a place for you in heaven. It says, and if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will go and come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, verse 4. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. He says, where I'm going, you know. You know the direction. And you know how to get there. You know what you should be busy with to get to that place. Oftentimes, moving towards that place where God wants you to be, there'll be some challenges. Think about Joseph's life had this prophetic picture of his good future. Then suddenly, the jealousy of his brothers 
pushed him into a pit. But it was the love of God, the purpose of God that got him into the palace. Joseph's life is a very good example to give us hope to always move in the direction of your calling. When Joseph was in the pit, he said, I know where I belong. When he found himself in prison, he said, I know where I belong. Do you know where you belong? What are you busy with? The things that you are busy with, does it reflect the fact that you are mindful of tomorrow? Where are you heading? Where are you heading? The things that you are busy with will show us what direction you are heading into. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis 39. Joseph has got this promise in his heart. He's got this prophetic picture in front of him. Has God given you a promise? Has God given you a prophetic picture of the good future that he has planned for you? Joseph had this picture and now suddenly he's a slave. His brothers threw him in a pit. Sold him. I mean, he has got enough reason to become bitter. Angry. Resentful. Genesis 39 verse 2. He's been taken captive. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from that time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Listen to me, family. What was the difference? The difference was the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. That was the difference. You are created to go places nobody can go. You are created to do things nobody can do. There are many teachers out there today, but how many of them teach with a difference? There are many doctors out there. How many doctors with a difference? Many pastors. How many pastors with a difference? Presidents. How many presidents with a difference? What God has called you to do be one with a difference. The difference in Joseph's life was the presence of God. Let me hear you pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. Fall afresh upon me. Touch and change my life. In Jesus' name. Family, listen to me. When you follow the direction of your calling by the leading of the Holy Spirit, your own life will astonish you. 
Your own life will surprise you to see what God can do in you and through you. Can you see the importance every day to pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me? The question you have to ask yourself, am I following the direction of my calling? Or am I allowing situation and circumstances to direct me? Joseph's situation, being a slave, his brothers acting towards him in unrighteousness, could have very easily contaminated him to also start to act in unrighteousness. But as a child of God, he continued to plant righteous seeds. When you continue to plant righteous seeds, you will have a righteous harvest. Turn to the person next to you and say, plant righteous seeds. The only reason Joseph was successful was because God was with him. Is that not the promise? One will be born, the name given to him, Emmanuel, God with us. When God is with you, whether you find yourself in a pit, whether you find yourself in prison, you'll be successful because God is with you. Be one with the difference wherever you find yourself right now. Turn to the person next to you and say, be one with the difference. Don't wait for the perfect scenario, situation, circumstances, before you start using that which God has placed on the inside of you to be a blessing to those around you. Joseph was a slave, but he walked in excellence, in righteousness. He walked in the blessing and the favor of God where he found himself. That even those that were not believers could see God is with this man. Whatever he puts his hands to, it's blessed. While he's in Potiphar's house, it's the lust of the king's wife running after him that gets him into trouble. He didn't even do anything wrong. She lied. Gets him in prison. But he does not become bitter because he was saying to himself, I know where I belong. I'm not going to let the things happening around me dictate my direction, but I'm going to stay true to what God has called me to do. Even when he was in prison, he remained faithful. Go with me just to verse 21 or to verse 20. Look at this. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison and place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. Turn to the person next to you say, even when you find yourself in a prison, I mean when it feels like you're locked down, when it feels like you've been wronged, when they've lied about you, God is still with you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. 
The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Family, this is a message on its own. He's in prison, but the testimony of his conscience is to be in right standing with God and everything that he's doing. He didn't start behaving like a criminal when he was in prison. He continued to walk in righteousness. He continued to honor God. Wherever you find yourself, say, everybody is doing it around me. Be one with a difference. Turn to the person next to you and say, be one with a difference. Can I tell you something? How faithful, committed, loyal are you when it's unfavorable situation and circumstances around you? That's the real test. When nobody would know, nobody is seeing, everybody is doing it, but you're the one with a difference. Turn to the person next to you and say, be the one with a difference. I'm not saying go to work and be weird, amen? Not saying go and be funny. I say let people know the difference in you is Christ, amen? Joseph continued to plant righteous seeds. Because he knew, as long as I continue to plant righteous seeds, I will have a righteous harvest. Unrighteousness was coming against him, but he was continuing to plant righteous seeds, righteous seeds, righteous seeds. Turn to the person next to you and say, plant righteous seeds. Can I tell you something? The situation that you are facing right now is not the challenge. The challenge is what will you believe in that situation? And that's really not an option because we have to believe that God is faithful and just. We have to believe that God will see us through because he is not a man that he can lie. Because Joseph knew where he belonged, he could remain faithful. He could remain true. Turn to the person next to you and say, remain faithful till the end. Can I tell you something? Make decisions that will create the future that you desire, not the future that you fear. There are certain things that you know that's not of God. Start to work those things out of your life. Joseph could get bitter. Joseph had the gift to interpret dreams and visions. He walked with God in understanding of those things could have said, I'm not going to help anybody ever again. People just hurt me. People just disappoint me. Uh, uh, am I talking to the right people here? <laughs> Never going to do anything to help anybody ever again. Because I'm helping everybody and nobody helps me. Am I talking to the right people? I'm always kind and friendly and smiling and everybody frowns at me. Don't raise your head. Do you know what I'm talking about? Joseph knew that he who knows to do good and does not do it, it's sin. And Joseph did not want to sin. Amen? He who knows to do good and he does not do it, the Bible says it's sin. Have a heart to do good even when others are not doing good. Joseph knew that that which you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. 
This became the standard for his life. This became the standard for his life. Knew what you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. Pressed down, shaken together, will men give into your bosom. Amen? What you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. You know what I like about Joseph? When he was in prison, he's in prison and he's ministering to those that are also in prison, bringing hope to them, encouragement to them because of that gift that God has placed on the inside. Sometimes people say, I want to wait until I'm out of my prison, then I'll encourage people. No, right there where you are, start to encourage people. If you trust in God, yes, give the Lord a hand. You know, sometimes when you are trusting God, say for a child, go find somebody who's also trusting God for a child and go encourage them. Say to them, I'm going to start to pray for you. Amen? And what other people are trusting God for, do what you can to help them to get that. Because what you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. My late dad taught me something. You know, when you, when you grow up and your dad is preaching to you the whole time, you think, Dad, I know, I know, you've said it so many times. But when they're not there anymore, then you say, thank you, Jesus, that they reminded me so many times of those things. Amen. So one thing that my dad always used to say to me, don't wait for things to happen, make it happen. Sometimes we are waiting for things to happen and God says, just take the step and make it happen. Joseph had to be faithful in his pit. He had to be faithful in the prison so that he could reach the palace. Many people will not reach their palace because in their pit and prison moment, they're not faithful. Many people are frustrated with their callings because in their pit time when they had to be faithful, they were not faithful. In their prison time when they had to serve and help and do things in such a way that nobody had to check up on you, everybody had to check up on you because they thought you were starting to behave like those around you. Aina, amen. Turn to the person next to you say, there's always hope. Can I tell you something? The secret in life is to do those things that you don't want to do to have the results that you really want. Sometimes you have to do things that you don't really want to do. But you know when you do that, the results will be there. Because you're thinking about your tomorrow. You're thinking about your tomorrow. On the contrary, many, many people will never reach their full level in life because they are not prepared to go through a little bit of discomfort. They sit with this vision, God showed me, I'll be a ruler in the palace and my brothers will bow down before me. And now you sit and wait at home, wondering when God's going to do it. No, that assignment that your dad's going to send you to go look and see how your brothers are doing, it's probably the assignment that's going to cost you and allow you to end up in the pit. But without the pit, you'll never be sold as a slave. Without Pontifus' wife lying about you, getting into the prison, the bridge between the servant of Potiphar to get you into palace would never have happened. So sometimes things are happening and you say, why, 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 God, why, why, why? 
You showed me the palace. And God said, it's busy happening. I'm not saying God is doing those things to you. Can I have one amen? God's not going to send Potiphar's wife to run after you. Amen. Those things are just in the world because of sin. But we are here to manifest the righteousness of God where there's unrighteousness, where there's darkness, manifest the light of God. We are all called to be kingdom builders. We are all called to advance the kingdom of God. The mistake that you make is you look at somebody that's in the palace and you say, huh, why him? But you don't know the story about the pit and the prison. Remain faithful to the direction of your calling, whether you're in the pit, whether you're in the prison, or whether you're in the palace. The thing is, the truth is, you need God when you've got the amazing coat with all the colors where everybody can see you are highly favored. People should see God's presence is there with you. And the most important thing is that you are walking with God. And when you find yourself in the pit, people should say, God's with this man, even in the pit. And when you find yourself in the prison, God is with him. And in the palace, God is with him. Joseph remained faithful in every season of his life. You know what happened? When he interpreted the dreams and everything, he said, please tell the king about me. Remember me. I'm, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm, it's innocent. I'm innocent. Can you imagine? What happened? Forgot about him. The good news is God holds the king's heart in his hands. And one day, the king didn't understand a spiritual thing. And lo and behold, the butler said, Oh, I remembered my mistake. I was supposed to mention him to you a long time ago. Go with me in your Bibles to Genesis 41. Verse 9. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remembered my faults this day. Verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved and changed his clothes and came to Pharaoh. Those you think have forgotten you, they will remember their faults because the king's heart is in the Lord's hands. When you have made a mistake as well, or you have promised something, and God brings it to remembrance, you also go fix it. Amen? Don't just clap for those that must fix their mistakes with you. But when God reminds you also of the mistakes that you've made, you also go fix them. Amen? <laughs> yeah, we always want the blessing, but you sometimes have to be the blessing. Amen? When Joseph was on his way to the throne... He knew he had to remain focused on that prophetic picture that God had given him. Not to get discouraged, but to remind himself every time, I know where I belong. I know where I belong. Amen. I think the question today is, where are you going? Are you faithful to your calling? The decisions of yesterday will have an impact today.
myself as a pastor, I have to follow the direction of my calling the whole time. I have to use this as the guideline, as the standard. You have to do it as well. Let me use one scripture. 1 Peter 5 verse 2. The Bible says, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonor's gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive your crown that does not fade away. Those are guidelines for pastors how to shepherd congregation. Amen? The good thing is that in any relationship must be mutual. Mutual trust, mutual commitment, mutual sacrifice, mutual love. So the Bible says to pastors, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. So you have to be here, amen, for me to effectively shepherd you. Amen? Cannot shepherd you from a far distance. Today with technology, yes, you can do that. But you want to meet in person as well because sometimes I want to lay hands on you. I want to pray with you. You want to look me in the eyes. I want to look you in the eyes. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Serving. Being an example. What does Hebrews 13 verse 17 say? Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. I have to watch out for your soul. Why? Because I will stand before God one day and give account. The messages that I preach, the messages that we preach and share with you has an impact on your salvation. Then the Bible says, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Thank you for being the best congregation in the world and making it easy for us. Amen. Give yourself a hand. Amen. Willingly, not for dishonest gain. Not in this for the money. Amen. Not here for what I can get. We're here to serve. Amen. That doesn't mean we don't have needs. We do have needs in the body of Christ. Amen. We as a congregation, when Jesus Christ is the head and we are the members, that body should move in the same direction. We should move in the direction of our calling, what God has called us to do. Amen? Loving God, loving people. That's the primary thing. But we have a purpose. We have to be of one mind, one heart, one spirit in everything that we do. Amen? Mutual trust, mutual love, mutual commitment. We will love you as pastors. Love us as pastors. We'll make sacrifices as pastors. Be an example. Make sacrifices with us. Amen? You happy with that? We'll be committed to you as pastors. Be committed to us as well. That's what Hebrews 13 verse 17 is all about. We need to show grace because we need grace. We have to show kindness because we need kindness. We need to help people because we need help ourselves. This is the biblical way of doing things. Joseph continued to plant righteous seeds because he knew what he would plant is what he would reap. 
You know, Galatians 6 verse 7, the J.B. Phillips translation, I just love it. It says, don't be any under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows. So in whatever situation you are in right now, maybe you're in a difficult situation, a tough situation, don't start sowing the wrong seeds because your life is not over. You might just be going through a pit season, but God has still planned the palace for you. You might be going through a prison season, but God has still planned the palace for you. If he sows for his own lower nature, his harvest will be the decay and death of his own nature. But if he sows of the Spirit, he will reap the harvest of everlasting life by the Spirit. What you are busy with, remind yourself there's a life hereafter. The kinds of seeds that you are sowing, is it showing that you are persuaded in your heart there's a life hereafter? Make a decision to create the future you desire. Amen? Joseph didn't change the direction of his calling when he was in the pit and in the prison. Joseph didn't wait for the palace before he started interpreting dreams. Joseph didn't wait for the palace until he became faithful. Many times people say, I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called, God has given me this calling. I'm going to fill stadiums and millions will come and be led to the Lord. But you're not prepared to go on the street corner and just lead somebody to the Lord there. Let me tell you, if you're not faithful in the small thing, how can God entrust you with the big thing? Yes, give the Lord a hand. I'm helping some of you. It was Joseph's faithfulness in the pit, in the prison, that paved the way of success right into the palace. If you know God has called you to do something, just start doing it. Many people say, I'm called to be a financial channel to the kingdom of God, to do great things. But you're waiting for the big contract before you're going to give the big money. Why would God entrust you with two million coins if you cannot be faithful with the two coins? He commented about the widow that was faithful with the two coins. Can I have one amen, please? You cannot make a fool of God. Just start to be faithful with your tithes and your offerings. Give that consistently and maybe God can entrust you with greater things. A man's entire life is based upon the seed that he has sown. Sow it the whole time. Amen. If you've been faithful with another man's, God can entrust you with your own. Don't be quick to make promises to God. When people are desperate, they make promises to God. When God prompts you and puts something in your heart, be faithful to that. That prophetic picture, keep it in front of you. Many people are frustrated today with their great callings because they were not faithful in their unfavorable time and season. When they were supposed to be faithful and loyal, they were not. Turn to the person next to you, say, small things, big things. Joseph held on to that prophetic picture. When God has laid something in your heart, do it. When you've made a promise to God, do it. You know, once I had somebody come to me and they said, I know God wants to use me as a financial channel. 
and I'm in a position where I cannot give anything now, but I'd love to give 5,000 rand to the church every month. Can you pray with me that God would do a miracle, open a door, give me an increase of promotion, that I've got that 5,000 rand to sow? I thought, well, that's wonderful. I'll trust with you. I prayed with a person. God, bless them, help them, open a door, promotion increase, that they can do that which they want for the kingdom of God with that 5,000 rand. Went away. Three months later, the person came to me and said, Pastor, I've, I've got some so good news. I've got great news. Can you please pray with me? I bought a new car. God has made a way. I'm happy for the new car. I went and prayed. They said, I, I got this promotion of 5,000 rand, and I've bought this car. I'm so grateful. And I'm, I'm praying and blessing the car. I asked myself, I'm sure three months ago, you asked me to trust God, not for a car, but for 5,000 rand for the kingdom of God. You don't have to say amen or amen. I'm just saying, go check your heart. Are you true to your calling? Because that was a distraction. That 5,000 rand that was supposed to go to the kingdom of God, maybe for something, now became a distraction. Enjoy your new car if God blesses you. I'm happy. I saw some pictures now. And I'm, I'm grateful. Enjoy them. Amen. But be true to your calling. Ecclesiastes 5 says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not to pay. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Joseph's affection, commitment, loyalty, stability, sacrifice, tenacity, whatever you want to call it, remain constant from the day he received the vision the dream, the promise, right till the end. It's never a choice as a Christian, but a challenge in our relationship. It's never a choice as a Christian, but a challenge in your relationship. Who will I trust? Who will I be faithful to? Who will I be more committed to? I'm going to close with this. You don't become an evangelist when you stand in front of a thousand people. If you're an evangelist in heart, if you have the ministry of reconciliation to lead people to Christ, to share the gospel, when you have that revelation, you'll start winning souls. You'll start inviting people to church. Amen? I preached to an empty field many, many times. Many, many times. Had altar calls many, many times. Preached some of my best sermons in Bloemfontein, there at that water tower, there's a platform there. I would go and stand there and preach to the, the grass. <laughs> Telling you now. To get confidence, to do it. See, do my best altar calls there. Because I was such in heart. You don't become a pastor when you suddenly have a church building. If you're such in heart... You'll shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving them eagerly, willingly, not for dishonest gain, not for what you can get out of it, but being an example to them, knowing that when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive your reward. Amen? You don't become a giver suddenly when you get the million rand contract. When you're a giver, and the greatest giver lives on the inside of you, and you have a revelation from above, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You go out and try and meet every need you can, unless the Lord tells you, stop. Most, of pe most people come to church and say, 
I'll hear if God tells me to give anything today. I'm saying it with you, you still need a revelation that you're blessed to be a blessing. You don't have to wait for God to tell you to be a blessing. Amen? If you can meet the need, meet the need. Be a blessing unless God tells you not to. Can I have one amen? That's a different way of looking at yourself. Amen? Many people say, I'll get committed in church once I get the promotion. Once I become a supervisor or a manager, then I'll start serving as an usher or a stess. You're lying. Because you're going to be more busy then. If you cannot be committed to serve now, why do you think when your commitment gets more, you'll start doing more? If you want to serve and it's in your heart, now's the time. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. God will take you. Yes, give the Lord a hand. Follow the direction of your calling. Please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. I want you to pray and declare certain things over yourself right now. Amen. Say, precious Father, grant unto me. Give me a prophetic picture of my good future. Say, Lord, give me a prophetic picture of my good future. Not only to see it, but to walk in it so that your name can be glorified in me and through me. Say, Lord, take me from where I am to where you want me to be. If you find yourself in a pit right now, ask God to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. He wants you to be in the palace. Say, Lord, take me from where I am to where you want me to be. Take me, Lord, from where I am to where you want me to be. Give me the kind of faith. Give me the kind of faith you need to meet all my needs. Give me the kind of faith you need to meet all my needs. Lord, open my heart to faith. Open my heart to faith. Open my heart to the Holy Spirit. Open my heart to your word. Open my heart to faith, Lord. Open my heart to the Holy Spirit. Open my heart to your word. Use me, Lord, as an instrument of favor. Use me, Lord, as an instrument of mercy. Use me, Lord, as an instrument of love. Use me, Lord, as an instrument of justice. Take me, Lord, from where I am to where you want me to be. Teach me, Lord, to give into every good thing. Teach me, Lord, to give into every good thing. I'm going from where I am to where you want me to be. Grant me the grace for the distance. Grant me the grace for the distance. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Right there where you are, just put your right hand on your heart, raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, 
making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.